0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Run. I'm Francesco, your host, and today's podcast is dedicated to people who are new to the sport and want to approach trail running for their first time. So maybe you've been running on the roads for a while. Maybe you ran track and field during high school or middle school. Then you stopped running for a few years and now you want to restart. Maybe you're a hiker and you want to discover a new way of moving through the mountains, or maybe you're just interested in starting trail running. Well, today's episode is for you. Today I'm joined by Claire Martex, founder of Wild Ginger Running, to talk about how to start trail running. So just to give her, just to give Claire a brief introduction, um, Claire is a co-founder and former editor of Trail Running magazine. UK's first magazine dedicated to trail running. Then she created Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel in 2017 to help trail and ultra runners get advice and inspiration regarding training, racing, gear, nutrition, and more. She has a website, Wild Ginger Running, where she shares all her content, articles, videos, and podcasts. She's also published a book, The Ultimate Trail Running Handbook, which we'll talk about, And she organizes training camps for runners of all levels in the peak districts in the UK. So please welcome Claire.
1: Oh, you made me sound like really prolific and busy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, oh, did I used to do all that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you do a lot of things. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Francesco. It's really great to be here, and um, welcome to everybody who is thinking of starting trail running. It's a fantastic, exciting, adventurous new time for you.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, first of all, I, I'd like to start asking you, how are you? Uh, because I know um, you you've recently given birth to a child, and you're you have you, you know you're coming back to running. So I feel it's a good time for an interview with you uh, to share with people some good information and tip about how to start or even restart trail running.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking. Yes, I am fine. I'm just, uh, Finley was one year old, one years old, two weeks ago. So yes, kind of recently that I gave birth, um, recently compared to the rest of my life, I suppose. And um, yeah, it's been a rocky road back to running since he was born. Um, It took me a while to recover. Um, The pelvic floor took a while to recover. So uh, it took about four months before I was able to run again without, well, not to put too fine a point on it, being myself, to be honest. So I know a lot of women will will understand what I mean. Um, And then after After about four months, I was able to just build up again slowly. But then once he started nursery at nine months old, which was about October time, he just started to bring home cold after cold. And I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I'm still a bit croaky from this two week cold. On his birthday, he gave me a cold for two weeks. So it's really hard to be consistent with my training because I'll have a really good spell like, you know, a couple of weeks without a cold and I'll I'll run, I'll go to running club, I'll do a long study at the weekend and I'll have a great time. I'll post those on Instagram, test loads of gear out. And then I'll be back to square one. Can't do any running for two weeks because I've got a stupid cold again. So that's where I am right now. And just recovering from a cold. So I'm just debating. I think I'll be able to go for a run this weekend, but it's just so hard to be consistent with a kid. And if you haven't got a cold, then you've, You know, there's other stuff going on, like you haven't slept because they've kept you awake or they've woken up really early or there's just always either really tired or ill <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's, it's not the best but um but yeah uh, i'm sure it'll get better as he gets older <laughs> there you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah thanks for sharing that uh we'll definitely talk a little more about it but uh let's start from the the beginning so the core of our topic is how to start running and uh, just help people discover this beautiful sport that is trail running and uh, hopefully share some good information and tips to to how to start trail running so running especially on trails can feel maybe a little bit intimidating like especially looking at how crazy some people are with uh, races and such long distances and doing crazy efforts but here like we want to make trail running accessible to everyone. And this is one of our main goals with vert. Um, so like give some helpful information to approach trail running in a safe and sustainable way is uh, definitely one of our priorities. And um, for sure, I must remember that uh, for for example, I'm a professional athlete now, but uh we all started somewhere, and nobody is born running. So, like, it's important to understand that, uh, like, we weren't born running. And uh, you know, even with something simple, it's important to to start somewhere. Um, so, first, I would like to ask you, what's your experience with running, and what do you think has really helped you when you started running?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. (laughs) That's such a great question, because um, I actually said uh, at the start of my book, I said um, I used to be phobic of running. I used to hate running. Mm. I was forced to do running at school because I was, you know, I was a nice kid and I was quite sporty. I did hiking and, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't like really unfit or anything, but because I was nice the teachers used to like make me do all the stuff that the other kids didn't want to do like (laughs) the 800 meters the 500 meters all the really long stuff that was no one liked when you're that age and so to me running was this horrible thing that you had to kind of do once or twice a year and dread for the whole year and it was either freezing cold or boiling hot around a track or in some park where once I jumped over a small river and put my hand in dog poo and everybody ran away from me. And I used to go bright red because I'm ginger, I'm very pale. When I put an effort in, I go bright red. All the boys used to point at me and laugh and go, Oh, Claire Maxstead's gone red already. And when you're 15, you kind of like you, you can't really deal with that as well as you would these days. So I became absolutely phobic of running. I hated it. I used to get panics thinking, oh my god, I've got to run today. And so when I went to university, I uh, drank a bit too much beer and I, I realized that I needed to do a bit more exercise. So the quickest way to fit exercise into the day, because I like to do like, loads of stuff, um, was to go for a run. So it was the, the quickest way to burn the most calories. So I started running at uni for purely like aesthetic reasons. And because I did a lot of hiking and mountain walking, I, I immediately, like rather than running along the pavement which I did start to do, I immediately just started to bob off into the woods or around the park or along Canal Towpath. And apparently that's called trail running. So um, I think I was naturally just drawn to the off-road side of things and, and naturally just eased myself into that. Um, And then when um, I started work on a magazine called Trail, which is a hiking magazine here in the UK, um, and then I founded Trail Running Magazine and I didn't do much running. Um, at that point but I did used to try (laughs) I used to try doing these runs I started off doing the Lakeland trails which are these amazing races in the Lake District and this was back in the day like 2010 and there wasn't the huge number of trail races that there is now and I used to go along to those and do the nine or ten mile run Um, and it's really easy because I wasn't racing like I wasn't an elite athlete or anything but the course was all way marked and you were doing it with loads of other people it was really safe there was drinks and some snacks on the way around so you didn't have to carry much and it was just a really good introduction into trail running nice low level trails put on by a really good race company so that's where i started running and then trail running um and since then i've done loads of stuff and it's been really fun taking me all over the world so it's it's fantastic and I think the thing that helped me was realizing that running wasn't something that you need to always be really competitive about going really fast, trying to beat everybody or even yourself. You just need to go and explore and have a good time. And once I realized that and I could slow down and not go the pace that you go at school, that you think running is actually running is like jogging, really. I think they should probably call it trail jogging. And that would be less daunting, I think
0: yeah definitely. um, I feel like I mean a lot of people have this like traumatic experience with running uh for example, at school where when the teacher makes you run the eight hundred meters or the mile or whatever. And like, yeah. As a kid, you and it's hated, pleasant, and it? then
1: they're shouting at you from yeah. the sideline, and you're wearing like completely inappropriate kit for the weather. Yeah, you, you've not you've not trained for these things. You've just turned up on sports day and been told to do that, and it's horrible. And you know, people laugh at you if you're not good, and you you always like feel like all the adrenaline, and you get that blood taste in your mouth if <laughs> if it's cold. Um, and you 're running as hard as you can, and you think like that 's running, and that that 's not what running 's all about. like you can do that kind of running if you want, but that isn 't what trail running needs to be
0: yeah it's not maybe it 's not the first experience that uh, many people have with running uh, so it, a lot of times it usually ends up to be a pretty tough uh, or even bad experience so the the relationship with running for a lot of people is, uh, doesn't start in the, in the best way, but here yeah. we're here to help people, uh, really develop a good relationship with running and exercising. So what do you think, uh, uh, are the, you know, the things that really help when you start trail running, what is the best training tips that you would give to someone who is getting started with trail running?
1: Oh, yes, yeah. So I think a lot of people, they don't realise they're already trail runners for the first The the first thing. So you might think, oh, this is a completely new thing. It's probably not. You've probably run around a park before. You've probably run on a canal towpath before. Basically, trail running is not necessarily in these huge mountains doing these epic things, you know, like you see like Salomon TV or Killian Jornet and (laughs) Emily Forsberg going off and doing these crazy things. So it's not necessarily that. You're probably already a trail runner, but you don't know it. Like, even if your park run goes a bit off road, anything that's not on like tarmac is trail running basically it bridges the gap between like fell running mountain running and road running so first of all you've probably already done a bit um and secondly um just start exploring I would so you know like if you are like driving somewhere and you see people walking their dogs and you might see a footpath sign and you might see dog walkers kind of heading into some fields or something like that just like one day when you're running along just like follow a dog walker or just take that footpath sign and just have a look in 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 the field and see what's there and the best thing you can do to explore without you know like necessarily having to get a map out or anything is that you can just run along and every so often turn around and take a photo of where you've Come from, um, and then when you just run along following various footpath signs, and then when you t- just when you get to you know fifteen minutes or something like that, just turn around and you can usually find your way back. And if not, just look at the photos for your reference. So that's a really easy way to do it. Um, The other great thing you could do is talk to other people. So if there's a local running club nearby, you could talk to them. Um, You can also look on Strava because they do that heat map thing on Strava. So you can see where other people have gone. Um, So you can see whether people are heading into fields um, and and that kind of thing. And there's lots of running apps you can also use for that if you haven't got Strava. Um, You can also look at kind of vlogs and blogs like, um my channel um wild ginger running we do um i do the odd route so you can have a look at where i've been you could follow me on strava and see where i go but don't necessarily follow everything Because sometimes i go wrong and i accidentally go through like fields i shouldn't <laughs> so just <laughs> definitely check um and um and the other way to do it is to actually get a map out and I would really advise going going on a basic navigation course because that will open up a whole new range of routes. So uh, behind me, um, I've got a map on my wall of my local area and it's wallpaper that you can get. I got mine from Love Maps On. And it's really cool because I can plan new routes from my local area using this map, and you just look for the green dotted lines, which are footpaths, um, or pink dotted lines if it's a one to fifty thousand map. Um, so yeah, it's it's really easy once you know how maps work. It's very straightforward to find new trails. So that's another way of doing it. And oh, the other thing is to book a trail race as well. You don't. Ha- I think um, if you were booking a road race, you'd be like, oh my god, the training, the pacing, the watch, the. The time. If you book a trail race, that's a really easy way to explore somewhere new. Like I was saying, I did the Lakeland Trails races. There's so many waymarked trail races that you can do that will get you off the beaten track without you having to even plan a route or navigate. So that's a really good way to start as well. And you, you don't have to be good. You can just jog about at the back, <laughs> like like I do, chatting to people. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, that would be that would be how I would get into trail running.
0: Cool. Yeah, you touched uh, a lot of uh, interesting things. And one thing that I want to highlight uh, is that you don't have to live in the mountains to mm-hmm. to do trail running or to call yourself a trail runner. Like, uh, yeah. for example, I don't live in the mountains, but uh, I consider myself a trail runner. There are people who live in a city and who uh, who don't have access to the trails, but with some creativity and uh, you, you can totally be a trail runner if you, even if you live in a city and you don't run on the trails every day. So this is a this is a, I think it's, it's really important to to highlight that uh, anybody can be a trail runner and uh, anybody can start from his own level, his or her own level. Um yeah. It's totally okay for example to walk uh and even to start with very little like 15 minutes a day. Um I think the one of the most useful things to approach uh, trail running or just training in general is uh, the importance of building a routine. So it's important to be consistent when you are approaching an activity like trail running Uh, to do something little uh, doesn't have to be necessarily every day, but uh, you know, on a weekly basis, it, it can be two or three times per week. But just be gradual and be consistent because that's the most important thing to develop a a healthy relationship with uh, the physical exercise and also with your body.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, and I have just thought of another really good tip for if you're a road runner. Um, so you say like just do it like fifteen minutes a day. If you mm-hmm. usually do your road run, say you go for like half an hour um, on a Tuesday, you could run uh, for fifteen minutes of that road run. You could take yourself to your local park and just practice not running on the tarmac path, but running on the grass. Um, or if you don't have a park nearby, there's often grass verges on the side of your pavement. So you could, instead of always running on the tarmac, you could practice the off-road, the the different terrain underfoot by running on the grass, or if there's gravel or stones, just seek out other textures underfoot and practice that way. Um, And that way you can incorporate 5, 10, 15 minutes at a time into your road run um, and train for trails that way.
0: Yeah, totally true. Um, How important is to have good gear for trail running? Like, for example, um, like to start trail running, we just need a pair of shoes and I feel it's okay. But once we start going a little longer and we start exploring maybe some new trails or places that we don't know or some more technical trails than just a a city park, uh, do you feel like it's important to have good gear and gear that is designed specifically for trail running
1: um yeah i think uh gear shouldn't be a barrier but you can start trail running especially if it's dry in just a pair of road trainers i mean on dry trails around where i live i just use road trainers um, but when it gets muddy yeah you'll want to get some specific trail run shoes which are they have a really good grip so they're more of a like a not necessarily a football boot underneath you can get that level for the mountains but just a bit more grip with a bit more beefy than your normal trainer um, and then once you really get into it I think the next thing that most trail runs want to buy um, is uh, like the, probably both of these things at the same time actually there's a, a, a small running pack um and also um oh, i've oh, just going on holiday this weekend so i just packed my running pack. i thought i could hold it up and show you um but so a little running pack so that you can put um snacks in because you might want to you know take a map take uh, some snacks and water Um and then the other thing that you might want to put in there or wear is a waterproof jacket because um on trails you might be exploring um a, a little bit more uh like Open areas where the wind might be buffeting you or um, you might be out for longer in more epic situations like um, you might be going to a local country park and running to the top of a big hill. so you might want a waterproof jacket either to wear in bad weather or to carry in your pack just in case. Um, so those are the first three things you'd need the shoes the, the waterproof jacket and the little um, the carrying um, pack. Um, and then a lot of people once they get into it they like to have a watch as well like they like to see the pace um not that it really matters what pace you're going but they they like uh, the distance and um it's some of them have navigation features on as well so you can sort of do it like track back to the start or you can do turn by turn waypoint navigation and things like that so you can just download a route from the internet and just follow it I don't really do that I always just use a map because um, I'm old school and I was taught to Matt read, I think it's an important skill um, so yeah I would recommend going on a navigation course just again <laughs> just to reiterate that but yeah gear wise those are the top things that I would take for sure yeah.
0: Nice and uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh guidance um, how important do you think is to have someone who helps you set realistic goals and uh, really um, tailor your training to the type of uh, athlete or person you are because like sometimes it's tempting to want to do a lot at once but I learned myself that this often shuts off motivation and makes me feel bad when I can't keep up So I think it's important to have someone who guides you to be able to set realistic goals that are, yeah, in a way challenging and motivating, but at the same time achievable in a healthy way.
1: Yeah, I think that it's that, yeah, one of the best gifts you can give yourself is a bit of coaching um, and guidance. So there's lots of different levels that you could take. I mean, you could book like one to one coaching that's really expensive but you'll presumably get like the most out of your body that you possibly can not everybody has that budget not everyone wants that and not everybody has the time to invest in that kind of thing yeah. so i think it's really good that something like vert run exists because it seems to be the a good middle ground between having this like really expensive one to one coach or just taking a training plan out of a book i mean i've got training plans in my book Um, but they're just generic I mean I cannot write a training plan for everybody that reads this book so they have to be generic and like you you don't want I mean that looks good up to a point you can get a certain way with that and if you want to educate yourself on you know sports physiology and coaching and some people do want to do that then there's a lot you can do with a generic training plan you can tailor it to your needs but if you've got something like vert run where you can invest a little bit of money and get some one-to-one kind of remote coaching and you know alterations and tweaks to your training plan and loads of good videos and stuff i think that is like the perfect middle ground um and the perfect for perfect thing for somebody on a budget really and do you know what when you start training consistently with a plan from someone who actually knows what they're doing that is when you're gonna get the maximum from your body and the minimum chance of injury so yeah, I would. And also, it makes you do stuff that you wouldn't normally do, like strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. What brother does strength and conditioning that coaches themselves? Hardly any, I would say. And all of the elite athletes I talk to, I interview a lot of elite athletes all the time. That when I ever ask them the question, what is the one thing you wish you'd done more of, or the one thing that you would say to everybody do more of, they say strength and conditioning. So, that having a coach or something that's going to give you some guidance with your running is really important. I would say.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, Yeah. You touched uh, again, very important topics. Uh, One is the importance of strength and conditioning. And also I think diversifying your training that like, it doesn't have to be running all the time. I think it's very important to incorporate cross-training and other aerobic activities such as hiking or cycling or swimming or skiing or just like it can be literally any aerobic activity that is super helpful to diversifying the training. And then, uh, of course, strength and conditioning because like the goal when you start trail running or even for an experienced trail runner uh, is to build a good aerobic engine and then prepare the body uh and make it stronger for the trails with uh, strength and uh, core exercises for example so what's your experience with cross training and what do you think is useful to consider for someone who is getting started who is a beginner
1: well i'm really hoping that carrying a baby is good cross training <laughs> 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 because
0: strength constantly or him on
1: one hip or the other hip and i'm trying to you know stir some eggs or make a flapjack and and he's helping me um so i'm hoping that carrying him and lifting him all the time is like good as a medicine ball he is like 10 kilograms or 11 kilograms now so it's probably really good um there's probably a lot more i could do with him you know like actually lifting him like stimulating some actual exercises um but in all seriousness um the the exercises that i do most for cross training mm-hmm. with trail running um is just other stuff that i like so that that's the brilliant thing about exercise and um, find what you like and do it and that will make you do it more so i like to go mountain biking road biking I've done a bit of climbing in my time a bit of kayaking but mainly swimming i really like Um, open water swimming I love it it's free Um, apart from the 75 quid wetsuit that I had to buy myself because I'm a wuss in the winter um, it but that's brilliant if you've got a local river or can get to any open water venue, that's amazing. Um, And other activities are hiking. You know, hiking is an amazing cross-training activity for running because it's basically running but slowed down, isn't it? And it's what you do when you get a bit tired or up hills. So walking's incredible. And then there is specific exercises that you can do like squats and lunges and press-ups and pull-ups and um you know weights and resistance training and that kind of thing and that can be super useful especially if you live in a bit of a flat place and you can't get to the hills that can be really useful but just in general doing stuff like um like plyometrics jumping exercises and things like that that can make you really really strong and it's not just training you for the actual act of running itself which it will but also it will help you recover faster and it will make you less prone to injuries so just taking the time to do like just a few minutes a day like 10 minutes a day or one half hour to an hour session a week however you like to do it um that's fantastic like the one of the favorite things i like to do is like just tell yourself to do two squats every time you boil the kettle if you say two rather than 15 you will actually do it and then you might Mm -hmm. end up doing five so just little things like that like brush your teeth doing single leg squats or standing just standing on one leg on a rolled up towel for a bit of balance you don't have to buy loads of stuff you don't have to buy weights my favorite thing to tell people is that you can just load up your backpack with water bottles and put that on and do the squats and then just like that you don't have to hold weights yeah or tennis just tennis, uh, exploit your weight body anyway, weight because that's what you need to do
0: yeah or, or just even exploit your body weight for example there is yeah. a lot of uh simple easy core exercises that you can do that make it, actually make you very strong for for the trails and uh yeah. here at vert we have uh, for example good videos and uh with, with the coaching that we offer, anyone can have access to our library or to the guidance of a coach uh, who can help you make the most of uh, your experience uh, on the trails.
1: Yeah, nice. I've done a couple of the videos. And they're super simple. And the great thing is that they're only like five minutes long, some of them. So mm-hmm. you just go, oh, because I've got a baby. I'm like, oh, I don't have time. But then I see one for five minutes. And I'm like, you have time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, I think it's also important to mention that it's way better to even dedicate just five or 10 minutes and lace up your shoes or getting a short, strength session rather than skipping a session. Like trail running, like many other endurance sports, it's all about consistency and you will really see the results of your training if you are consistent rather than maybe uh, just keep all the sessions during the week and do a lot uh, for example, during the weekends,
1: yeah, definitely, little and often, I definitely agree with that
0: mm-hmm. yeah, because also that makes you more prone to injuries, and running is definitely a sport where when where it's easy to pick up an injury because uh, with the impacts we have with the with the terrain um, you know, and maybe someone who is getting started and get caught up running more miles uh, week by week, it's easy to actually get injured. So it's important to be very gradual. And as we mentioned, to incorporate cross training, to make sure uh, we build a good aerobic engine and then uh, do good uh, conditioning and strength exercises to, to make the body stronger, to, to be able to, hand, to handle the, the trails, the up and downs, uh also the the tarmac because the tarmac is actually um probably worse for your muscles and joints uh rather than the gravel for example
1: yeah definitely it's it's actually harder on your body to run on the tarmac Mm -hmm. it takes more calories to run on the trails because you're using different muscles all the time but at least you don't get all those repetitive strain injuries
0: yeah definitely and uh, let's talk a little bit about walking because, I mean, as trail runners, we know that walking is uh, is totally acceptable. Uh, power walking is an amazing cardio exercise, and even the best ultra runners in the world walk and power hike during races or in training up a hill. So, like, maybe people as uh, people who come from the roads think that uh, it's not okay to walk but it's actually 100% okay. Um, So can you talk a little bit about um, like how to manage the effort between running and walking? And uh, like, should we go by effort? Should we go by feel? Should we go with the heart rate? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, that's a really good thing to mention because I think a lot of people see trail running and they go, they think running but actually trail running shouldn't be called trail running it should be called trail running slash jogging slash walking slash having a bit of a sit down and eating some food so <laughs> yeah it's
0: just uh, it's just all nice about seat. moving in the natural environment it doesn't, have, <laughs> it doesn't have to be in the mountains as we as we say it can be anywhere but it's all about moving and find it find the the best way of moving through the natural landscape actually
1: yeah so it's not trail moving. Necessarily
0: walking. Uh, Sorry, running.
1: (laughs) We've just rebranded the whole of trail running into trail moving. So, this is the ultimate trail moving handbook now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Uh, so when should you walk and when should you run? So, Mm -hmm. uh, you can use your watch and there'll be, you know, you can get a watch with heart rate on, Um, but that's not necessary at all. When you're a bit experienced at trail running, um, you Well, even when you're not, actually, Um, I would say start walking when you start to not be in control of your breath anymore. So if you're gasping for air, um, you could not hold a conversation whatsoever, you know, like you couldn't even gasp a sentence out if you're at that level, that's working too hard, unless you're doing like a 5k or something, like unless you're doing park run where you want to be, you know, you're doing, going for a fast time or something. But if you're wanting to do, you know, like 10 miles nice and leisurely or 20 miles on the trails, if you're a bit more experienced, then you should just be kind of, kind of jogging along um and you want to be making a similar effort than you do that you do on the flat and the downhill than you do on the uphill so slow the cadence right down take short steps Um try try not to look like all the way at the top of the hill but give yourself kind of short goals like oh i'll just yeah. jog to this tree and then if you find your breath is uncontrollable like <laughs> like this and you couldn't chat to a friend then or say anything to a friend then that is the time to walk and when i when i say walk if you're in a race situation these the guys you know like on the utmb they do walk up the hills but they're not kind of just strolling along they've got their they they're running along and then they realize that they're getting out of breath so they're taking their poles out they're Constructing their poles really quickly, and then they're power hiking up that hill, so they're taking um probably a bit longer strides than you would if you didn't have any poles but um they are power hiking so they're going a, a really like a quite a good speed actually up the hill. you don't have to of course, but um that's why they call that power hiking. Um, and that's just a sexy name for walking. Um, <laughs> and even, especially the, pro, the pros will all do that. And they'll do that when they get to a long, steep incline, or actually, depending on the race, probably any steep, any incline. The shorter the race, the more you run. The longer the race, the more you walk every uphill. Um, because you just want to conserve that energy. You don't want to waste it all um, yeah. in the first <laughs> 10 miles of a really long race. Um, but, yeah, as a beginner, um, trail running is the best sport. Like, as soon as you get a bit out of breath, <laughs> you just start walking. Um, nice, brisk walk. Like, you can lean a bit forward and have your hands on your knees and things like that. Um, but, yeah, that's when you start walking is when you get too out of breath, which should come as a breath of pressure to everybody listening.
0: Nice. Uh, it's very helpful tip. Um yeah it's important to understand that walking may be the most efficient way of moving uh in the mountains sometimes for example uh running up a hill requires a lot of strength and a lot of energy that you can save if you walk for example so that's why even you know elite runners actually walk or power walk during during races and sometimes even during short races because it's, uh, it's more efficient. So it's definitely okay to walk, uh, especially if you're a beginner. And uh, one of the most important things that I feel it's important to mention is that walking up a hill allows you to keep your effort constant. Like uh, uh, the same effort that you're doing when you're running, for example, on the flat, you can keep it when you go up a hill. But of course, if you run, it's going to be out of control but if you walk, you can keep still a good speed uh, with the same uh, type of effort that you're doing when you are on the flat.
1: Yeah, totally. Cool. That is a good explanation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So um, going back a little bit uh, and talking about your experience, Um so we mentioned that you were actually running through pregnancy. How was your experience with training uh at that time?
1: Oh yes, um that is a good question so um I was able to keep running quite a long time through my mm-hmm. pregnancy, which I was really looking back i was I'm really pleased about because I've actually run less um after pregnant after giving birth than I have when I was pregnant so I'm quite proud of that um it it's hard running when you're pregnant because well for me it was hard because the baby just presses on everything so you can't breathe as well and you can't and you need the loo like uh, towards the end I like needed the loo every mile or you know or whatever came first every 10 minutes Um, so um so it's it's quite hard especially if you live in a city you can't just keep popping behind a bush I did actually pop behind a bush like near someone's house once and like my whole running club was there waiting for me (laughs) I was like I'm just going to go brush, um, and I would plan the running because I'm a running leader with my club. I would plan the routes around pubs. This was pre COVID, or, or was it the middle of COVID? There was at some point there, <laughs> that we were allowed to pop into pubs, um, and I would plan for the stops to be at pubs so that I could pop in for the loo. So you might have to sort of reconfigure some of your runs when you're pregnant because of that. Um, One of my friends actually ran fine throughout her pregnancy. She was still doing eight minute miles. She's like a, a bit of a pro. She's like probably capable of a sub three hour marathon, that kind of runner. So, um, she was fine she ran all the way through pregnancy was still doing eight minute miles and then two weeks after she gave birth she was back running again and she oh. runs at like six o'clock every morning just like before the baby wakes up and she's amazing but then a lot of my other friends just gave up in the second trimester because it just became too painful too uncomfortable you can get these kind of like sling things that go around like a, a support band I didn't find that they helped at all in fact sometimes they made it worse it, they were quite warm though and it was winter so that was nice um and yeah some people gave up so it totally depends on you and your pregnancy and how it's going and it's really hard not to compare yourself to anyone else yeah Yeah. like I'm quite, um, I'm quite a sort of a confident, outgoing person. But even me, I was like, oh, they're doing that. Why can't I do that? Oh, I would get like, not jealous, but just envious of what other people were capable of. Like one of my friends um, on Instagram, she was posting like images of her with a big bump, like on the top of a mountain in the Lake District. And I was like, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, towards the end, I could only walk for like three miles without things hurting. I did a couple of five mile walks and five mile runs and just it was really painful down there i thought that i was going to labor at one point and i thought oh my god if this is labor pains it's going to be horrendous um actually labor was a lot worse than that um (laughs) but yeah that was it was really hard to keep going but if if you can um do run through pregnancy because once you give birth you might not have a lot of chance to run um depending on how much your baby sleeps and how your body is um but walking i found that i went for a walk pretty much every day i would do five three to five miles every single day and that's you know anything from half an hour to an hour of walking so i would just keep active throughout the pregnancy i think it really really helps both body and mind
0: (laughs) nice And also after giving birth, how did you restart training? Like uh, how long after you gave birth? And uh, can you give us even some numbers, for example, of uh, what you were doing uh, when you restarted?
1: yeah sure so um so my friend when she went back after two weeks and she started running again um so after two weeks after giving birth i decided to do a little jog um with the pram and completely weed myself so that was not good and that just showed me how my pelvic floor just wasn't ready for running yet so i was doing a lot of walking because it's the thumping action that um puts the pressure on the pelvic floor so that's that's why that what it's not good to to you think, oh, maybe it will strengthen it up to just keep doing it, but it doesn't really work like that. In mm-hmm. the end, I ended up going for one of those, like a, a mummy MOT thing, um, where I got investigated and I had some kind of mild prolapse, so I had to do some exercises to strengthen it up down there. And it kind of sorted it out itself in the end, but I did a lot of walking to start off with. So again, I was doing my three to five miles most days, especially with like the baby napping. There's a lot you can do with a pram, just. Walk walking and walking around. I did like probably more walking than ever in my life. Um, And then when the baby gets to about six months old, you can get a running buggy. Um, So you can you can run while they nap or you know either side of a nap, that kind of thing. Um, So I was doing a lot of walking every day just to keep sane and fit. And then I would keep trying every so often, every few weeks or so, I'd break into a bit of a jog and then I'd be like, oh, no, not ready yet. And then uh, three months, everyone says, oh, yeah, don't run for three months because then after three months, you're magically fine. I wasn't. And I was like, oh, that's really rubbish because I could see people, you know, hiking up mountains with their babies doing their first race again or you know like amazing people like sophie power who did the utmb three months after giving birth to her third child that's a hundred mile race through the mountains (sighs) in chamonix like i have no idea how she did that like pelvic floor alone how on earth did she train for that? have time to train for that with three kids and the energy with the sleep deprivation i have no idea she's an amazing woman um so there was no way I was doing anything like that. Um, but I got to month four and after my uh, mummy MOT and everything, I just miraculously something must have like healed up in my body or something but I suddenly was just able to run around the garden 10 times without weeing myself and I was so happy that day I did a vlog post about it and I'm going to edit them all together and make a film about it um soon <laughs> actually it just reminded me it must write that down um and so I ran around the garden 10 times I was like don't get too excited Claire so the following <laughs> day I ran around the garden 20 times my garden's not that big so it wasn't that far but it was like you know like five or ten minutes of running so I literally built up from five minutes to ten minutes to around the block for 15 minutes to then 20 minutes to then whilst I was out walking I would jog a proportion of it and then not and I found every time I jogged downhill that was when the pelvic floor wasn't strong enough again so I would walk the downhills and run the uphills conversely (laughs) so just to get fit. And um, Jasmine Paris, um, she told she um, she's an amazing ultra runner who uh, has the spine race record, 268 miles along the Pennine Way. She um, told me to do some like uphills, um, both in pregnancy and afterwards, actually, because the uphills, they're slower, but they you put more effort in and it's not so much impact um, on the joints and the pelvic floor. So you could do a bit of uphill running as well. So I just graduated really slowly um, until I could run for half an hour. And then um and then yeah, I seemed to get stronger and stronger. So I would just try to go out three times a week if possible. Um illness, illness permitting, tiredness permitting. It was a bit off and on, a bit hit and miss, mm-hmm. but I did keep walking pretty much every day, three to five miles, sometimes six miles. But yeah, I would do five to ten K walking every single day. Um That kind of keeps your awe in. Um, And then uh, now that he's a year old, I just feel like I'm getting my life back. He sleeps through the night. Thank God. He sleeps for 10 hours most nights. (laughs) Every night, pretty much touch wood. Oh, he's going to wake up tonight, isn't he now? And so I can now go to a running club. Um, quite reliably, and I can, yeah, I can train now, but I just keep getting ill. So that's the thing now, um, Mm -hmm. getting ill. And, you know, if I stay up too late myself and he wakes up at six, then I get a (laughs) bit tired as well. So there's that as well. Um, and sometimes, you know, he's a year old and I'm, you know, coming back to work now. So I've got an, like other things to juggle so it's hard to get out but I really should do more of those five minute strength and conditioning exercises that you guys have online because I really (laughs) just motivating yourself isn't it to actually do it I need to read my book more yeah
0: you feel like you can (laughs) actually (laughs) complete something so challenge after challenge you're on your way to complete uh, recovery and uh, hopefully you will be able to enjoy training more yeah, and more
1: getting there but yeah. i'd probably say maybe book a couple of races towards the end okay. of the year I booked a race. I did the Rutland Water night run. That was a 10K. And I actually really surprised myself because I hadn't trained specifically for it or anything. And I felt really strong and I really enjoyed it. And I was really happy running around that. Um, but now booking a race is a bit hit and miss because he started nursery. I'm just a bit like, oh, will I have a cold on that day? Mm-hmm. But I think I might do a race in March. I might train for a 10K in Bourne Woods. So I might do that in March. So, yeah, cool. have some goals, I would say.
0: Cool. Thank you for giving us some context. And uh, I feel it's uh, super important to understand that it's okay to start even from five minutes of running or even less, uh, 15 minutes of walking uh, to run every other day and to alternate running and walking when you are restarting. Do you feel the same can apply, for example, for someone who is a... Uh, You know, is recovering from a big injury or who has taken some time away from running even can be, you know, a few months up to maybe years Um, like those people who are restarting running, how should they manage their training?
1: Oh, restarting running. Well, it, it depends what the injury is, um, mm-hmm. but I would always get a good diagnosis from a proper physio, not just physio Google or Facebook, yeah. because, you know, <laughs> other people don't necessarily know what they're talking about. So I would follow, follow the physio guidelines. I know you get a list of exercises from them that no one ever does, but if you can try and do them, then that is most beneficial. Um and then uh yeah just don't be don't be scared to take it slow i think everybody wants including me i just want to get back into it i want to run 10 miles i want to sign up for a marathon on the trails um just take it slowly and yeah,
0: give yourself time it's super yeah give yourself
1: time and do a lot of walking walking is probably walking's better than running to be honest for like lack of injury you still get to the same beautiful places it's just kind of slower so i would say um go walking in your trail running gear um or your running gear just go walking and then if you feel like running run like and then if you don't then just do the walk and that's a great way to keep yourself motivated and keep going out um and if you say to yourself i'm just going for a walk then doing the run is a bonus um so yeah i would just do a lot of walking especially if you're injured just take it really slowly even one minute of running you know it's yeah, and you know, and be grateful as well because I mean, there's a lot of people who can't even walk. You know, mm-hmm. people who have trodden on landmines. I met this amazing guy at the national running show recently who had uh, both his legs amputated just below the knee, and he was doing. He's done the marathon de Sable. So I just think, okay, yes, I had a baby, or okay, you might be injured, but you know, you've got all four limbs, and presumably, like your sight, your hearing, like there's so many things that you do have so focus on the good things as well and um yeah try to, to i know it's hard but you know be grateful for being able to just get outside and walk
0: yeah so to to close our conversation uh do we want to mention how warm and usually welcoming the trail running community is because like i feel a big reason to start trail running is for it's amazing community like i really met some amazing people uh, through trail running. And also it gives you the possibility to travel to beautiful places, uh, to know people from very different backgr- backgrounds from all over the world. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be at races because not every trail runner has to compete. Uh, competing is not for everyone. But I feel like trail running is a great way to, to discover places, people, experiences, and it's just a, a great community. What's what's your what's your experience been with this?
1: Yeah, exactly the same. I think trail running and, and ultra running as well, the, the big brother, sister of trail running is just one of the most friendly communities you can join. I mean, there's people of all different shapes, sizes, ages, colors. Um, backgrounds ability levels and everybody uh, just get seems to get along well I mean it's one yeah of the there only- is a
0: there is room for everyone I feel like uh, uh, people yeah. are welcoming and they're usually friendly uh, there is yeah basically you don't have to be an elite athlete to compete or to enjoy the trails uh, it can be for any level for anyone who just willing to put himself or herself out there and uh, just enjoy the, the experience.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the only sports where you can tow the start line with the elite athletes. Yeah, like, that's,
0: that's really do that good. You
1: in road running or cycling or swimming. Mm-hmm. Like, you're there. You know, you can be milling around with the elites. It's, it's incredible for that. And, yeah, everybody's really helpful. And, you know, if somebody stops on the trail, somebody will help them or there's a real camaraderie. Um, yeah. yeah. It's also – um, I feel like it's lovely. also
0: – like uh, totally okay to reach out for help because, you know, sometimes we struggle, sometimes we lose motivation. Uh, It's, I found that it's way easier to get outside and train with someone, for example. So it's totally okay to reach out for help, to reach out to people, to ask for tips, advice, and just information. And uh, everyone is usually very open, very welcoming. Uh, So like the community is great. I encourage everyone to to experience it. And even here uh, with Vert, we're we're really building a really cool community. Uh, we have, for example, um, a community on the app where people are sharing their experiences, their races, their training, uh, even their you know questions, fears, expectations, like everything that uh we live through. Our journey uh in running
1: yeah it is incredible i would Mm -hmm. encourage everybody to take up trail running if you've got legs then do it yeah (laughs) or even if you haven't
0: (laughs) thank you um last thing that i want to mention uh You actually wrote a really cool training plan for Vert, who has over 500 signups. It's a 10K plan for people who want to start their, you know, with trail running and uh, maybe do their first 10K trail race. So can you talk a little bit about the idea behind it and uh, how it's structured and uh, who is it for?
1: Well, the training plan is actually uh, stolen from my book, <laughs> so it's a little <laughs> sneak preview of uh, the Ultimate Trail Running Handbook, um, and so it's it's designed for people who might have done the Couch to 5K program okay. um, that you can find like on the NHS. Um, uh, app and so it's taking those people and like so you can run 5k now so now maybe you want to run a little bit further and maybe you want to run off-road so it's designed for those people um so it takes you very gently from uh, road running to trail running um I think there's about three runs a week and there's a strength session and there's some yoga and stretching in that as well and there's also little tips like every week there's oh watch this video on wild ginger running or oh have a look at this this is um useful about some gear that you might want to think about right now or this is a nutrition tip right now so it's it's got all the videos as well that come as a package with it um and there's also uh, warm-ups that you can do as well and cool downs so it, it really is an all-encompassing little training program that's fantastic for anybody who wants to just start trail running so i'm so excited that there's 500 sign-ups that's great
0: yeah it's going really well uh and we're super excited about it Actually, this week, we are also also launching uh, another training plan for people who are getting started with running uh, that is called the Couch to Trail training plan. And it's literally uh, for people who are truly starting from zero. So people who are totally new to trail running, and it's all about, as I mentioned, uh, building the building the consistency and the idea of training is actually mainly walking based so for people who have literally zero experience with running but it's good to you know to build a habit to keep the motivation of uh, of training and to start building something for maybe what is next that can be a 5k plan a 10k plan or even you know, become an ultra runner. Uh, That is uh, maybe the goal of someone who has already some experience in running. Thank you very much for your time, Claire. And um, I really hope you can uh, uh, restart training uh, more and more soon and uh, that you feel better and better uh, after, you know, after... uh, uh, pretty much one year of on and off and, uh, with, uh, challenges and, uh, some, uh, colds and, uh, <laughs> other difficulties. Um, but I, re- I really hope, um, you get better and, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, it was, uh, a very nice conversation because for example, as an elite runner, I always tend to see trail running as a place for experienced athletes and we're always caught up about talking uh, about workouts and uh, long races and miles and times and records and stuff but it's important to realize that uh, there are a lot of people who are want to get started in trail running and uh, there might be not a whole lot of information that is easy to access and uh, is available to everyone so i hope this contributes to you know to inspire someone and to get even one person out of, of on the trails which yeah. is uh one of our goals with uh with vert and i think also yeah. of wild ginger running
1: yeah well it's great that Vert runs doing this and also yeah there's loads of information about trail running on my channel so i get a lot of beginner trail runners and beginner ultra runners coming to wild ginger running youtube channels so.
0: yeah we totally encourage yeah. people to to check it out there is a yeah, I, I was also taking a look at it before this uh, this podcast. Uh, so much good content, so much uh, nice videos and uh, inspiration. So check yeah, it out. And
1: it, there's a lot there, but if mm-hmm. you have a query, just Google your query. So type it into Google um, and then put wild ginger after it. And that will bring up anything that I've done on the topic. So that's probably the best way for people to search if they're okay, searching okay. for a certain thing. Um, yeah oh and to the, buy the book as well because it's like introduction to trail running um so that's really helpful too um nice. oh, and i run training camps as well in the uk so oh, yeah it's all on my website <laughs>
0: cool yeah we mentioned it in the introduction but thank you for bringing it up again all right thank awesome. you for uh, thank joining you us much. today that's Great. and keep enjoying the trails or if you're new to the sport Get out because it's a lot of fun.
1: Happy trails, everybody. (laughs) Happy
0: trails. Bye.
1: Bye.